whoever is listening, guys, welcome back. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 56. Hope you guys had a great weekend, a great Halloween weekend, if you want to put it like that. I saw that all across social media this weekend. It was quite the weekend if you were a baseball fan. Braves and Astros both secured W's this weekend. Good stuff there. Baseball playoffs is entertaining. If you're not a baseball guy, I'm not certainly a baseball guy by any means, but playoff baseball is fun. It is really, really fun to watch. I'm not going to do a deep dive. I just wanted to shout out the baseball people that watch this. You know who you are if you're listening. But uh, if I had to make a prediction, the Braves will close it out, but we'll see. But I wanted to get right into the uh, Monday Night Football, the Giants and the Chiefs. Y'all, let's let's start with just a confession, and maybe this is going to be a hot take later in the season, but guys, this, is the Chief, this Chiefs team is not a good football team. This Chiefs team is in a, since the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, it feels like they've been on a downward spiral. And you could say that you've uh, seen some of these weaknesses with the Mahomes, the way he plays. It's a little erratic. He's a little loose with the football. And you're saying, oh, well, it was bound to happen at some point, Grayson. And I think that you may be right in part. I think that the Chiefs defense, that played fine tonight. I think the Giants left a lot to be desired on the football field. Daniel Jones, he was okay. He had that really bad interception to start the game. Had a really, I think they the Giants actually string together a couple of really nice drives that just a couple areas the Giants just look like they're poorly executing, poorly coached. A lot of that is on Joe Judge. We're going to see how that pans out. This is a game the Giants really should have won. He had the offsides that cost them the interception that would have put them on the 40-yard line and potentially a way to seal the deal. It looked like they weren't able to run the football well. Missing Saquon Barkley there for sure. But there's just a lot, a lot, a lot of issues for the Chiefs that you just got to you gotta come to terms with it. And the Chiefs, they're not, it's not like they're, oh, they're 4-4. Four and four. This is huge for them. This is a turning point because they're going to play some really good football teams coming up. They play the Packers, the Raiders, and the Cowboys. I'd take all three of those teams to beat Kansas City handily. I think Mahomes is playing hero ball. There's a lot of stuff that he does. That I love about him. I love the way he handles himself, the way he carries himself. I think he's still a top five quarterback. It's just that the team this year, I think that he had it in his mind early on that he's got to play the top of his game and he's got to make the home run play every single time. What Andy Reid does so well with that offense is that they set up a bunch of RPO and you saw a little bit of a little bit of it tonight. He set a lot of crossing routes, a lot of stuff underneath. Let Mahomes get settled in the game. They allow Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill to really do their thing, get them crossing out, to give them space, and let them just their speed, their toughness. They really stretch you out, and then they start taking shots with those that explosive offense. I think that Mahomes is just trying to find it all at once. And when you have a defense like Kansas City that's been historically bad this year, most yards given up per game, I believe it's like over 400. It's pretty bad that you have to, in your mind, say, all right, my defense is going to help me out here. I got to figure something out on my own. And it leads to really bad football, really bad throws. You were watching some of it tonight that the timing is just off. The receivers and Mahomes, some balls are behind, some balls are way ahead, and a lot of dropped passes. It just looks like the Chiefs are out of sync. This isn't the time to be out of sync. This is the time to hit your stride as a football team. I think the Chiefs are really behind and in an AFC playoff race where you got teams like New England that's heating up. We're going to talk about them later. You got the Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, despite what happened on Sunday against the Jets. 
You have a couple other teams. Cleveland could heat up at any moment. You have a team like, oh gosh, I'm trying to th- really trying to figure it out. You got the Raiders, who are really good. The Ravens, Bengals. There's a lot of different teams this year. There's not really your guaranteed. And then you got Buffalo, of course, and the AFCs. That looks like the clear favorite right now. There's a lot that the Chiefs don't have or are lacking in that I think that a team like Buffalo, who already gave them pretty, they already beat them pretty handily this season in Kansas City on Sunday night. You put that game in Buffalo in January, it could be a really nasty game for Mahomes. On the other side of the football, or the other side of the field, I guess, with the Giants, it it, it's, I know there's a lot of injuries. I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of circumstance against New York that's not panning their way. Daniel Jones, is he the guy? He was poised, taking a lot of check down throws tonight. Didn't make any, he didn't cost them the game necessarily. I think that, uh, there's a lot of penalties on both sides, especially a lot of stupid mistakes. There was a really big third down play to Elijah Penny and there was a taunting play. Regardless of how you feel about the penalty, you got to keep your emotions in check at that crucial, crucial time. Especially when, I think he gained a pretty significant chunk of yardage, gets to about the 45-yard line, which is, it pretty much opens up your offense, and you're dragged back to the 30. And it's just a drive killer, momentum killer. A lot of stuff that the Giants could have, should have, would have tonight, and that is... Pretty much that on New York. I think for Kansas City, can they survive this gauntlet coming up with their schedule? We'll see. I don't think so, but I'd love to see them prove me wrong. All right, I want to talk NFL trade deadline. Von Miller to the LA Rams. What I was most taken aback from with the Rams, they handled the Texans like they obviously should this Sunday. And that the last couple of years, they've really just thrown away draft picks. Like, that's... That's going to sound like a bad thing when I say that. But they're going for people like they had Sony Michelle, they traded away. They got picks from for New England. They got Jalen Ramsey. They got guys like Vaughn Miller, who are uh, coming from Denver, pretty much getting dra- day two draft picks. That's going to be huge for them moving forward. The first thought that I had is how does this impact Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey? They're two stars on the defense. It's going to help them a lot. For Jalen Ramsey, you're going to get a lot of uh, easy. It's going to be a lot easier for a DB to defend star receivers in the NFC. Like you're playing the Buccaneers again with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. When you have Tom Brady with like less than two seconds to throw, Von Miller and Aaron Donald on your face, it's going to really bode well for your secondary. Aaron Donald, is he going to get those same double teams with Von Miller if he plays up to that level and that standard? I don't think that Aaron Donald gets those double teams. I think that this is a really nice trade for L.A. I really like what they're doing with that. I was really impressed that they went out and was that was aggressive. It was like they that spoke to me as a team that wants to win now and wants to really take a push for a Super Bowl. They see a weakness in Tampa at corner. We see that Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. We haven't seen them close out in NFC championships. Can we trust Arizona? They might be the best team in the NFC after this trade. I think that it's going to be a very interesting stretch. The Saints looked pretty good until James Winston went down. We don't know how that situation is going to work out with Trevor Simeon. I am very much looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Really well done by the LA Rams. I, if we were going to hand out trade deadline grades, you would give them an A plus for sure. I think that you're willing to sacrifice draft picks if it ends if it ends up getting you a Super Bowl in your home stadium. We could potentially have two back to back Super Bowl wins where the Super Bowl champion is it's the home team. 
Tampa with uh, Tampa, and then it could be L.A. and L.A. That would be really fun to see. And Matthew Stafford would get a ring and make Detroit fans sad everywhere. <laughs> Bad day for a Detroit fan. So I want to shift to something that I was thinking about in the car yesterday as I was heading back from, uh, I was watching football with my friends all day, and I was thinking to myself, this was a really great Sunday for really great head coaches. You look at the Patriots with Bill Belichick. You look at the Saints with Sean Payton. And I'm going to include McCarthy in this category after that Sunday night win. I'm going to include him in this list. You had Mike Tomlin with the Steelers close out a win against the Browns. All four of those guys, their teams aren't necessarily the best of the best. You have Belichick with those limitations in New England at receiver. Sean Payton is limitation at quarterback. Mike McCarthy... Cooper rushes in for Dak Prescott. Mike Tomlin, Big Ben's not what he used to be, but he got the defense. All of them were able to either go on the road, and with Belichick and McCarthy did, or Nan Tomlin, or Sean Payton against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, that high-powered offense, that almost super team. You have a backup quarterback in Trevor Simeon, who was a labeled not very good after his series in Denver. All four of those... And I, I wrote down McDermott just because he got it done against Miami as just really great coaches. It was the prove it or lose it get kind of game. It was the pretenders and contenders kind of game for coaches. You saw with Sean Payton, I was really impressed with how they were able to control that game. It seems like Brady with the Saints in the regular season. It seems like an Achilles heel type deal. It seems like he can't get it done in New Orleans unless it's the playoffs. For Belichick, I was super impressed with how they were able to go up in L.A., and I don't like talking about the Patriots as much on the podcast because I don't want to sound biased or anything, but I thought it was really impressive. I thought it was Belichick's best coach game since Brady left. You had Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback who did not play his best game. He was 18 for 35. He was flustered. He was frustrated. They were able to put together drives, eat away at points, and make Justin Herbert for the second year in a row super uncomfortable. Not really, really, he wasn't willing to step up in the pocket as much as he is. Some of his throws were really off, and I think New England's secondary, to their credit, as not as deep as they are. They were pretty good and pretty solid against those receivers for a couple chunk plays against the Patriots. I think that they had a really—this was the game they needed to win. They've had a lot of games where it's coulda, shoulda, woulda, not being able to complete a couple games. This was key for them moving forward as they try to make an AFC playoff push. I think for uh, Mike Tomlin, this is a Steelers team that can make some noise on defense, and an offense, you just got to get the points when you can. Ben Roethlisberger was fine on Sunday against a Browns team that a lot of people at the beginning of the year would have said, this is a Browns team that can compete for a Super Bowl, especially after week one. It was like, oh, they almost beat the Chiefs. And I guess now it's kind of like, how do we look at that loss now with the Chiefs struggling? It's a Steelers team that I wrote down as a team that won't make the playoffs this year because of Ben Roethlisberger. He was not the problem on Sunday. He was really good. He was able to just get the points when they can. It was a really great win, really great Sunday for coaches. It was also a really great Sunday for backup QBs. And speaking of backup QBs, Mike White, Trevor Simeon, and Cooper Rush. And when we get back, and we'll take a short break here, we'll talk about those backup QBs and just the madness of this NFL Sunday. This is the Man with the Plan podcast. We'll be right back. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 56. If you have not caught up to this point, we talked 
Monday Night Football. We talked what a day it was for head coaches. We're going to talk some Cowboys in a bit. I wanted to get into the backup quarterbacks today and just the nuts. And I think it also ties into the coaching thing. I want to talk about Mike White for a second. I never thought on my podcast, I would say. Let me talk about a Jets backup for a second. So if you're listening and you're a Jets fan, this is this one's for you guys. But Mike White, I don't know where that came from. After the Patriots game, it was 54-13. I was like, okay, this Bengals game. I had it circled on the calendar as like a lock. So me, my dad, and my brother, we do picks before the games. And I was so confident that the Bengals were going to win. I was, I was like, man, I'm, I feel like putting an asterisk right here and being like, this is my lock. Like, kick me out of the, the picks if they don't pull this one off. So, that being said, the Jets were down double digits twice, and Mike White threw for 400 yards. And then Robert Sala postgame said, this is an open competition for quarterbacks. I was like, whoa, what? Or it, was, it was something like, we're looking at all options. Like, if Mike White wins a couple more games, maybe it's momentum. And I was thinking, uh, maybe this could be beneficial to Zach Wilson, a guy that is a project coming from BYU, some mechanics, just some stuff that like he could really benefit from just sitting for a year, taking the film he has already, and just internalizing it and really getting ready for next year. And just not throwing himself out there, just killing his confidence, get really healthy. And you might be a guy be like, well, why don't you just put him out there? This isn't a season for the Jets to make the playoffs. I mean, the Chiefs, I know you were going to go, whoa, with Mahomes. But, I mean, he sat a year and it worked. And I think for the Jets, it could potentially work out for them too. Just giving him a year to study that playbook more. And he has film too. He's those first seven games to really reference and be like, hey, this is what I did wrong. This is what I did right. Let me build on what I did right and build some confidence. Maybe that's not the way to go. Maybe, like, see how healthy he is, see how Mike White's doing. It's just a really interesting situation that Salah brought up. So it just made you think. It just made you think a little. Another thing that made you think, Trevor Simeon going and beating Tom Brady. Did you think that you would say that in 2021, Trevor Simeon would beat Tom Brady? Jameis Winston has a torn ACL. All the meme pages, all the Saints fans, all the Jameis fans are sad. Shout out to Jameis Winston if you ever listen to the show. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool if uh, you'd come on for the podcast for an interview. Get some uh, laughter. Get, that'd be the funniest episode I ever make in my life, probably. But... And then another backup, and I, this is going to be to wrap up the show, just talking about how significant that win was for Dallas. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, how great do you feel this morning and just today in general? It's a Tuesday morning. Your team's 6-1. and one. I thought to myself, I was walking to class thinking, how in the heck am I going to format this? And I figured it out. I said, what if Andy Dalton, what, what if this was 2020? And what if Andy Dalton was playing and this was a, like six, this is a five and one Cowboys team in 2020. All that same issues, all those same mistakes of the Cowboys, why they were six and 10 last year. This was a game that they would have lost in 2020. It shows you how much Dallas not only has improved as a team without Dak Prescott, they've improved mature wise. They're less, it was a weird penalized game, but I think Dallas was able to rebound. This was a really mentally tough game for them. Cooper Rush was nice, he was really good with the football. A couple picks, a couple throws early. I think it was just nerves. His first NFL start ever, and it's a really hostile environment against Minnesota. I think this was like the mo. This is the ideal dream scenario, and I don't think anybody expected that when Cooper Rush was supposed to come in and say, "Hey, he's going to lead a game-winning drive." Mark Cooper, the guy that they had a lot of money on, two things, two players that the Cowboys have a lot of money on: Zeke 
and Amari Cooper both had key plays to extend that drive. Zeke had that third down check down catch, broke two tackles and was able to score off of it. You had Amari Cooper, the touchdown with the fade to the goal line. Two players that you've invested a lot of money in came in huge for a win that you're going to need for the NFC. That's super deep. You got LA in there. You got Tampa. You got Green Bay, Arizona. Teams, you're going to want that home playoff game to get some momentum building, especially as a dome team. You don't want to have to go to Green Bay as a wild card team. You don't want to have to go. Preferably, you'd want to go to LA, Arizona, a dome team. It's not going to be, the weather's not going to be a factor in that kind of game. So winning these games against Minnesota and a game that not necessarily you're predicted to win, that is so huge for the, the the Cowboys. It shows how much Mike McCarthy has improved as a coach, and that's something I didn't think I'd say in 2021. I think it would be, if Dallas was going to be successful, it was going to be because of Dak Prescott, not Cooper Rush and Mike McCarthy. And another thing that's going to benefit, from, another person that's going to benefit from this is Kellen Moore. Is uh, You call a really well game. I, I think it was one of Kellen Moore's best games he's called. Since he's been the OC of the Dallas Cowboys, you got a quarterback in there who's never played a snap in real time football preseason. You got to just throw that out the window. It's ones on ones. He played. He called an excellent game. He made Cooper Rush comfortable. You really have to look at what Dallas do, did and say, "Wow, that is what good teams. That's what great teams do." On the other side from Minnesota, I think it's time for the curtain call on Cousins. I think that was a game that you should have won. You see that Cooper Rush, as a Vikings fan, is playing for the Cowboys, and you go, wow, this is a game we should win. We have so much talent. They have a lot of really great depth. You got great receiver depth. You got a great, fantastic running back. It's all there for Kirk Cousins, and it just felt like he left it all. It felt like some plays were left there on the field. It was not a great showing by Cousins. I think that it was a game, if you're looking back and looking to decide, do we re-sign him? Do we give him more money? It's one of these games right here, the primetime games, the games you need to win when you're behind in the division, when you're behind in the playoff standings. These games for both teams were pivotal. And I think Dallas showed that they were the better team by far. And I still think that Dallas is my Super Bowl favorite amongst the NFC, even with the addition of Aaron Donald and Non Miller. I think LA is a close second, but I still think Dallas for me really ekes it out. I really like what Dallas is doing. The Cooper Rush run give me, gives me so much more confidence when I watch them. I really enjoy watching Dallas too, and I didn't think I'd be able to put that statement out. It's a lot of different. 2021 has been a lot of prove me wrong kind of situations, and Dallas has been one of them, and I really, really am impressed with what they're doing. All right, we're going to wrap that up. We're going to wrap the show up today. If you guys enjoyed, leave a like, subscribe, or leave a five-star review to let us know you enjoyed what you were listening to. Guys, if you're on Snapchat or Instagram and you see me post, guys, please repost it. Get the word out. We have reached 3,500 listeners last weekend. Thank you guys so much for that. It means the world to me. It means it just is insane. People across the country are loving it. People across the U.K. are loving it. Shout out to the U.K. listeners. A lot of great stuff, a lot of really good things moving forward. Keep on, keep stay tuned for more. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. Our next goal is 4,000. I'm sure we can get it in no time. You guys are great. You guys are going to take my word for it. I'm going to take your word for it. It's going to be fun, fantastic. It's going to be awesome. Guys, have a great week. Have a fantastic day. And as always, take care. Bye.